Colter Nuanas from ESPN Montana here at the M Store. Proud to present our Nuanas Now podcast each and every day, available on all of your various podcast hosting platforms. One of their awesome partners, a guy that really is uh, helping spread the word about the M Store, is Grizz All American Junior Bergen. What's up, man? Thanks for coming in. Yes, thank you for having me. First of all, you got a cool t shirt. What's it like being on a t shirt? You're a kid from Billings, Montana, so that, yeah. might, that must be kind of surreal knowing there's a t shirt of you at the M Store. Yeah, it's pretty cool. Um, I went to a couple basketball games back home. And uh, I saw some kids running around with I their love shirt it. on. And it was really surreal. It was a cool moment, cool experience for sure. Uh, that's so cool. You guys do such a good job of embracing how much the community loves you. But when people are looking up to you like they do, I mean, they think, I mean, you're the man right now. for <laughs> <laughs> the University of Montana. What's yeah. that like being a Montana kid? Um, it's different for sure. Um, you know, growing up, you kind of look up to guys like who are in the NFL totally. and stuff like that. But, um, you know, it's just great to have a, a positive influence on these kids' lives. Um, you know, I just wanted to make sure... Uh, I set the example and lead by example and give them someone to look up to. Go check out the M Store. They're located there at the corner of Higgins and Broadway here in the city of Missoula. And you can also visit anytime online, MontanaMStore.com. They have all the latest and greatest, a whole bunch of original Grizz gear. And, of course, they have Junior Bergen T-shirts. Junior Bergen, proud partner with the M Store, as well as us here at uh, ESPN Montana. Thanks for swinging by, man. Yes, sir. Thank you for having me. The M Store, where they're all Grizz all the time. What are your business challenges for 2021? Supporting an increased remote workforce? Securing and managing your expanding corporate network? Communicating with your customers, employees, and partners? Whatever your challenges and priorities for 2021, Blackfoot Communications knows it all starts with a plan. We are here to help you assess, design, implement, and support your most critical technology infrastructure initiatives. Call Blackfoot at 866-541-5000 or email business at blackfoot.com to learn how we can set you up for success in 2021 and beyond. Blackfoot. Connect to more. It's 4 o'clock. Welcome to Tutela Nuanes, Montana's only statewide sports talk show. Broadcast on 102.9 ESPN Radio for Western Montana and across the state on SWX Television. I like football! Now, sports talk from Montana for Montana. Live from the Kurtz Polaris studio, here is Ryan Tutel and Coulter Nuanez. Hello, Montana. Towson pops out of a spring season. And there are two remaining undefeated teams, the Class AA football, and two remaining undefeated teams in the AFC. It is Tutel and Nuanas, 1029 ESPN Radio, SWX Montana Television across the state. Outstanding to be with you on this very fine Monday afternoon. Hope you are well. Thanks for spending some time with us on your radios, letting us hang out with you on your, uh, you know, televisions, whatever it is, or perhaps as the case may be on your web browser, 1029ESPN.com. You go there, you listen live all the time. The stream is available. Thanks to Opportunity Bank of Montana, Opportunity Bank, your local bank. Your opportunity. If you want to pick up your phone and call, you can do that as well. 361-3688-361-3688. All guests join us via the Rankage Brothers RV phone line. In the show today, 
We're going to get into a little bit of FBS football. Towson opting out for the spring season. They are the eighth team out of 127 total. Half of those teams, as the uh, rules are now written, have to participate in the spring in order for the NCAA to administer an FCS uh, championship tournament and obviously a national championship. So that is significant a little bit, but it's more significant uh, for another reason, which we'll get into here in just a little bit. Also, huge weekend around the state, high school football and high school soccer. We're going to get into all the scores, all the results, and uh, two teams have separated themselves in Class AA in particular. I thought maybe a surprising result, not not say so much the winner, but how the uh, winner came to be in Missoula last Friday, Sentinel versus Helena High. So we will get into that as well. We will also hear from Charlie Kiergan, uh, Sentinel football player post game from that, uh, well, trouncing and the Sentinel beating Helena High who was undefeated coming in that game 48-0 if you were not uh, paying attention or you didn't hear you were out this weekend 48-0 Sentinel housing Helena High uh, who was at the time the number three team in the state and again undefeated so huge performance there out of the Sentinel Spartans we will also uh, get into Coulter's Treasure State Stars next hour obviously coming out of an NFL weekend even though there was no Seahawks football there was plenty of other football hey Bronco fans this weekend was for you. You kidding me? The Denver Broncos going into Foxborough, getting it done. Uh, so we will get into that, and also uh, obviously the weekend, the, the the matchup of the weekend. I think for you know a lot of people, myself certainly disappointing though it was. Can uh, excuse me, Tampa Bay and uh, Green Bay and Tampa just housing the Green Bay Packers. So we will get into that and uh, what that uh, you know kind of where that puts things. How does that put things in perspective? So that and play more. Oh, and yes, we have a World Series. The Los Angeles Dodgers, Colt, are getting the thing done and uh, getting themselves into the World Series on an unbelievable well, game seven was f- fantastic between the Braves and the Dodgers. It was a super entertaining game. And uh, baseball is one of those sports, man. I know if you're if you're sort of not into it, it's a passive sport sometimes for us. You know, you kind of mm-hmm. put it on, you do other stuff. But if a game is important and if a game is interesting, and you all of a sudden get into it, man. It holds you all the way through, and it was. Uh, I thought the game uh, last night was just phenomenal. The uh, the the Braves Dodgers game, and the Dodgers moving on four three. And after all that, after the sixty game sprint, and after a, an, an additional round, essentially a three game wild card, a five game divisional, a seven game cha- league championship series, who's there at the end? The two best teams by record. <laughs> Out of the out of the whole kit and caboodle, Tampa Bay and uh, Tampa Bay and and Los Angeles. So there you go. Uh, we'll get into it, Coulter. One thing I did want to mention today. Mm-hmm. Okay, this is you know we're a little ways away from this thing, but for what it's worth, because this is the day it worked out for me. See my sticker here? Yeah, dropped it off. Went over and voted today. Dropped off my ballot, and I only mentioned that uh, because you know, of course, we want you know, everybody that can vote who you know participate in this thing to vote but we were talking over the weekend or even last week and i'm still a little confused but my understanding is i like to vote on the day i like to Same. i like to vote in person and just you know it's fun i like standing in line honest to god i like standing in line and just like me too it's an exciting thing and it, it, it's interesting that it is polarized as we seem to have been nationally and stuff like that. That when you're staying in line and everybody knows it, that everybody's looking at this thing differently. There's sort of a camaraderie there that happens, For and it's sure. it's great, and 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 that's fantastic. So <laughs> I last, like going the on the day. I, the last time I, we had uh, the ability to vote in person, I went and voted, and and I, I'm sorry if they're listening. They're I forget their names. I met these t- the two gals that were helping me out. Oh yeah, they 
both were former sports writers who had worked at newspapers that were along the same path that I had. Now live in Missoula, love sports, and they were like, you're that guy from the radio. <laughs> I was like, this is so awesome that you ladies listen to our show. Thank you. Oh, and by a big shout out to the to the volunteers, man, the folks that, you know, have, have stepped up to just be down there to receive ballots and do all the thing all over the city, all over the state. Uh, that's fantastic. Anyway, I just wanted to be... I, I heard some information, and I, I don't want to pass this along as gospel because I am a little confused, that there will not be in-person polling on election day. No, you have to drop your ballot off at a polling place or into a mailbox. But I think you can in-person submit today, like prior to. Like I mm. saw people standing in line. You could so go you, fill it so out you, there. So you can fill it out there. You got it. Right. You know, they have the social distancing thing. I think the deal is if they waited till the day and everybody shows up, there's just no capacity right. to carry it on in the, right. you know, with the social distancing and the time well, or, and, and, a lot and of, all that and, kind of stuff. Some of like the, the polling places are often like higher. I mean, like the Senior Citizen Center has always been a great polling mm. place. I mean, you don't want hundreds of people coming there. Sure, right, right, totally. And and so and I think this is just the city of Missoula and maybe a couple other cities around town. I don't know that this affects some more of the rural communities across the state and that sort of thing. But for what it's worth, I had been anticipating or expecting that I was just going to go down the day of and do kind of what I normally do, understanding that nothing is really normal. But then I heard that, so I said, well, you know, I got my deal in the mail. I'm just going to do it. I had some time to fill it out over the weekend and so uh, did. So anyway, we encourage you to do that and also to be aware that you're not planning for something that then isn't going to be the case and then put you into a, a pinch, you know, at the end where all of a sudden, well, what am I going to do? So make sure to hold on to the, the, the ballot that comes in the mail and get that in and, uh, you know, and everybody gets to have a voice on this thing. And you could be, you know, cynical about that if you want to. I prefer not to be. I think it's a great thing and I think it's one of the best things going uh, out there is, uh, you know, Democracy, baby. Here we go. Rock and roll. It's Tutel Nuanas, 1029 ESPN Radio. Coulter, significant news, actually more significant in general than what you just get here on the surface, but Towson is opting out of the spring season at the FCS level. Towson has been actually at times an outstanding football team, has a, had a couple of runs in the national tournament and uh, and been, been, you know, top of the list nationally prominent type of team the fcs level not year in a year out but they've had some high water marks and in general have been kind of a top 25 club that's always there so they opt out of the spring season i don't know specifically the details i don't know that those are that important mm-hmm. but what is important is that they are the first team that is in what we you know consider the big three football conferences yep. the fcs level to say we're not going to do it that actually is not true. Sacramento State would be would was the first one, obviously coming from the Big Sky Conference, but the first one outside of the Big Sky, and obviously the the, the second overall of those three conferences. Well, tell us more about Towson, and you know, I mean, without trying to do too much of a butterfly effect on this, but the significance of it. Well, yeah, I mean, Towson's made the FCS playoffs four times in the last uh, nine years, which is, you know, honestly, one less than Montana, which is crazy to say, given what the previous history was before that. But Towson played for the 2013 National Championship that when North Dakota State won their first three-peat, Craig Bull's last game at NDSU, they beat Towson. Terrence West was a pretty above-average running back in the NFL for a while. He started for the Baltimore Ravens for a couple of years. He got hurt, but... Uh, Total side note, but what an amazing story that guy had. He was basically an orphan 
who grew up homeless in the cities in the in the inner city of Baltimore, and he would like ride the subways to try to get to high school, mm. and he never even had a car until his fifth year senior year of college. So this guy is just like making it all on his own. He ends up getting drafted in the NFL. What a cool story! That's why the FCS level is so cool. Um, but. Towson was definitely, I mean, they were top 25 team a year ago. They were definitely expected to be a top 25 team coming into this year. And um, I, I think we're going to see this more and more. Like you say, you don't want to project or speculate a butterfly effect, but you have to remember that while a lot of FCS teams are in incredibly rural areas like Missoula, Montana, and Moscow, Idaho, and Grand Forks, North Dakota, a lot of FCS teams are in hyper metropolitan areas as well. Schools like Towson, schools like Villanova, I mean, downtown Philadelphia, Sacramento State. I mean, Sacramento is one of the fastest growing multicultural areas in the entire West Coast. Um, I mean, UC Davis, even though Davis is a quintessential college town, it's 20 minutes from Sacramento. So Mm -hmm. you're talking about in the heart of cities, Portland State, obviously. So you have a ton of schools. For every Macomb, Illinois, you know, there's a a Jackson, Mississippi. You know, for, for every Bozeman, Montana, there's... Philadelphia or New York or whatever. And so I just think that that's going to be the number one factor here. It has really nothing to do with if the teams want to play. It has to do with if the health departments where the teams are located will let them play. As Coach Houck, Bobby Houck, Montana head coach, said on our show last week, he said, hey, we'll play whenever they tell us we can play. But as of right now, things got to change. Like we, He, he was very uh, non-specific about how they're operating with practice, but I know for a fact that Montana State, they got fall ball, their fall ball in because of different regulations from the health department in Bozeman and Gallatin County than there has been in Missoula County. Again, there was no details provided by Coach Huck, but they've had to delay the start of, of fall camp compared to the Cats because of a lot of different regulations. I'm not really even sure if they can go 11-on-11, You've seen the rules that the state of California passed down. They said you can't do more than five-on-five five for practice at any level of football. I don't know how you get ready. for. I think that's why Sac State pulled the trigger. There. It's like it doesn't matter what the, what the future might hold. If we can't practice until the season, it's not happening. So this all comes down to then the Big Sky Conference is expected to – I did a, a little tinkering around. You know, Tom Wishersill, Big Sky Conference commissioner, he tweeted last week. Yeah. Big Sky Conference is expected to release a schedule in early November. Six games. Uh, six it, games. Dissipating a six-game schedule. Yeah. That's still not solidified. I did a little bit of reporting over the weekend, and I'll have a little story on this on SkySportsMT.com a little bit later on this week, too. But they're not set on the six games. The thing that they're trying to maybe do is do like an eight- or even nine-week schedule and then put seven games within it with one of them being like a flex game. Like, we'll play this if we get to that point so that they maybe have an option to play a seventh, or it gives us an open date to reschedule some stuff. Um, but as far as the timeline goes, my sources are saying that, so what was just occurred was fall fall ball, but it was spring ball in terms of the rules. 15 practices, 20 hours a week of contact with your team. Once you go into fall camp, you get 29 practices. If the speculated start date is February 27th is the Saturday that they're pointing to as the first game, that means you're going to have to start fall camp, which is essentially winter ball, in in January. Both Montana and Montana State report back to school January 11th. They're talking about two weeks from that day, so January 25th being the day that they start fall camp. I mean... 
Good luck. Good luck. All right. It's two telling new one is one of ESPN radio. SWX Montana Television. Uh, we're going to do a little short first segment here because we got a ton of high school stuff that we want to get to. Uh, but I did want to mention this. We're really excited about this. Uh, Coulter, you and I have uh, over the last, you know, little while, year or two, uh, I think cultivated a very nice uh, working relationship. It crossed over quite a bit with uh, Professor of Business, the University mm-hmm. of Montana, Justin Angle. And uh, many of you know, uh, and if you don't, Check it out. Uh, he uh, runs a New Angle podcast, which comes out each Tuesday morning. Phenomenal lineup of guests over the course of about a year and a half this has been going. He's been very diligent in getting this thing out each week and highlighting great people doing cool things around uh, the city of Missoula, Western Montana, and, uh, and Montana in general. And obviously at the university, a great intersection point for a lot of very interesting and remarkable people that uh, he's tracked down and gotten to talk to and, and highlighted on his podcast. He's also been on our show a couple of times uh, over the past several years. We've been over there with him, and it's uh, it's fun. And and he's a guy that we admire a lot, and uh, and also I think has just a very th- sort of thoughtful, not surprisingly, sort of considerate approach to what it is that he does. But he's in business and marketing, right at the university, uh, in terms of of as a faculty member, what he teaches uh, over there, and so. We were sitting there talking, well, we thought, you know, there's a ton of areas of intersection of business and sports, and we're seeing that more and more, especially right now. And everybody understands that there's a a significant financial aspect to sports in general, be they collegiate, obviously professional as well, even high school, really. No question. Uh, You got to have. Uh, you know, it requires money or resources in order to administer and even have games at any level. Uh, and so where does that come from? Well, when you're five or six years old, it's the, you know, the $70 fee that you pay for your kiddo to go play basketball for, you know, four or five weeks. And it just kind of grows from there. What the last six, seven months has shown us, I think, is just how basic money and business and revenue and economics are to the world of sports. And it's, I think it's something that everybody sort of understood, but maybe wasn't on the surface as clearly as it is now. Anyway, point being, we thought who better than Justin Angle to maybe start coming on with us regularly to mm-hmm. talk about not just that, but aspects in general. And, and it would be, you know, cur- cur- some current event stuff, you know, as we go and also uh, uh, broad topic stuff. So we're excited tomorrow. We're going to have Justin Angle on every other Tuesday, okay, tw- twice a month, effectively, every other Tuesday at 4.30 uh, on, t- on Tuesday, tomorrow being the first one. So tune in uh, just about 24 hours from now and uh, and give a, give a listen. I think it'll be really uh, interesting. I think it'll be a little different than what normally happens over here, you know, scores and recaps and that stuff, which is great, but maybe uh, a little bit of insight. And we want to open this up to the community as well for questions and, and, and things like that. But we're excited about that. We look forward to having uh, uh, Professor Angle on tomorrow and uh, and on with us, uh, you know, as a, as a regular sort of component of the show over the next, uh, you know, space of time going forward. So we're excited about that. And tomorrow will be day number one with him. So tune in and uh, I, think it'll be, I think it'll be a lot of fun. Sports is not just associated with business. Sports is a business. To me, the number one reason I've always thought that journalism was important. I went into journalism because I love talking to people, love talking to people, love hearing people's stories, love telling people's stories. That's why I went into journalism. And it's just a hell of a lot of fun. 
But the most important part of journalism, the most important part of being a sports writer, the most important part of being a radio commentator when you are analyzing higher education, Division One athletics, professional sports, is the money element. Why do we exist? I, li- I like to exist to write stories about kids like Sammy and Kim, but I need to exist because you have to keep people in power. It's the checks and balances of people in power, and when you're talking about some of the highest paid public and state employees in the state of Montana. That's why it's important. I've done this forever. And I, I, so many people have always asked me, why do you always write stories about all the coaching contracts? Why do you write stories about the money that our assistant coaches are earning? Because it's important for people to know because it's taxable dollars. And it's not as if I'm ever having, I'm ever saying this is ridiculous that football coaches get paid this much. It's not. It's not at all. It certainly isn't. Because of the amount, they, the amount they work, the amount that they put into a community, the impact that they have on a community financially, sure. but also just the amount of revenue that they generate. It's just basic business. Bobby Houck is the CEO of a very, very lucrative win rolling enterprise that is the Montana Grizz football team. And in fact, you could argue he is vastly underpaid compared, compared to the amount of revenue he brings to the table for the University of Montana. He said that. I think that that was probably the best thing that Coach Houck said when they did the press conference announcing the delay of the season, he said, the thing that I'm the most upset about is the people around the state of Montana because us playing is a crucial part of the business of almost everybody in the state of Montana. So that's the kind of things we're going to talk about. What is the economic impact of not having Grizz football this mm-hmm. fall in the city of Missoula, the state of Montana? What is you know the economic impact of having coaches that make this much money? Analyzing the contracts, talking about the budgets at both Montana, Montana State, and broadly in college athletics. And we're going to talk about pro sports, too. And I think that everybody that's heard Justin Angle on our show knows that he's an awesome guy and a great guy to have a conversation with. Uh, And anybody that hasn't heard, I think you really enjoy this. I think you're going to get a lot out of it because at the end of the day, I actually think it's the most important thing that we do. Yeah, well, we'll uh, we'll look forward to having him on and and opening up a a nice little chapter with Justin Angle on this. It's 2 Tell Nuwana's 1029 ESPN Radio. Quick break on the other side. It is time for our prep extra segment, and man, we got tons to get to. The uh, penultimate weekend of the regular season in Class AA football and state tournament soccer ongoing. The results uh, coming through pretty impressive. We'll even have some sound for you, so we'll get to that right after this. Saturday, October 31st. It's Halloween. You heard of that thing? Well, from 2 to 4, bring your ghost goblins and anything else you got with you, to the Silver Slippers parking lot for tricks and treats. Candies for the kids, a drink chip for the adults. Drop off the kids with a sitter, come back to the slipper for a Tiger King Halloween. Oh, I mean, (laughs) why not, you know? Why not? Have you watched the Tiger King? Oh, yeah. Okay. (laughs) I know I'm interrupting you, Reed, but I have to tell the story quickly. In case... My good buddy Colton is is listening. Colton teaches at this place I take spin class at. He's the only male teacher. We have a very strong act of solidarity because there's you're only, the only a, male. There's pupil. only about myself, Craig Butler. That's about it. We're the only <laughs> men that go down to this thing. It, it's it is an intimidating affair to go with these women spinning. But I was unaware of this. I take Colton's class on Saturday mornings from time to time when I have uh, time. No one informed me of the last time I took it. I walk in and. It's a Tiger King themed ride. Colton is dressed exactly like what's his name? I can't. Joe, recall. whatever. Joe. Joe Exotic. Yeah, right. There you go. <laughs> yeah, I mean, he's got the cut off jeans, the, the silk thing. shirt. I was like, dude, you're gonna spin in there? He's like, I'm absolutely gonna spin. This. I mean, you are. You're my hero. And then, 
everybody else got the memo. So everybody's getting their tiger leotards. Uh, as, as just like, I don't even, I, I can't get over it. And you were there just in your, in your shorts and a shirt. I would have like been, I would have been crying laughing if I wasn't trying to not die. All I, all I want to get you into is a tiger stripe leotard culture. <laughs> That's all I want. Maybe we'll take you down to the Silver Slipper on Halloween. See how that goes. Uh, it's a fun day, always, at the Silver Slipper on October twenty-third, uh, October 31st. excuse me. So don't forget. And, of course, sports, they're back. 55 televisions. You can watch everything you need to, whether it's NFL, college football, the World Series, boys and girls, starts tomorrow. Silver Slipper's going to have it for you. Drink specials every day. 20 Kino machines, a liquor store, and pizza. Nowhere else you should be watching your favorite team than at the Silver Slipper. It's all about great food, tasty drinks, and their urge to have a good time. And, again, the card room is back open. Games every night, 7 o'clock. Call or text 333-1500. That's 333-1500. Or visit MissoulaPoker.com for more info. Stop by today to see why the Silver Slipper is one of Montana's best-kept secrets across the street from Super Walmart on Brooks. What are your business challenges for 2021? Supporting an increased remote workforce? Securing and managing your expanding corporate network? Communicating with your customers, employees, and partners? Whatever your challenges and priorities for 2021, Blackfoot Communications knows it all starts with a plan. We are here to help you assess, design, implement, and support your most critical technology infrastructure initiatives. Call Blackfoot at 866-541-5000 or email business at blackfoot.com to learn how we can set you up for success in 2021 and beyond. Blackfoot, connect to more. Quick NFL update for you. The uh, Thursday night game that was not played Thursday is, you know, Everything's being moved around. He's on right now. It's halftime in a rainy, wet, cool western New York night. The Buffalo Bills, Kansas City Chiefs games at halftime. Chiefs up 13 to 10. So, a bit of a little kind of slow, sloppy game. You know, it used to be that this would be a really dirty game. But, you know, who's playing on grass anymore? Is there... Is there a grass field left in the NFL? I think Chicago. There's several grass fields, but Denver, they're, but they're outside indoor. Right, so the Arizona, Arizona and Las Vegas yeah, both play yeah. on grass, but it's the fields outside, and then it gets moved it inside. In. But I think like the Denver, I think Denver still plays on grass outside like that. I think Carolina, I think Chicago, Green Bay, obviously. Hmm. Holdouts, holdouts, the way it used to be. Not in New York though. They're playing on. Uh, on field turf, so it's just cold and wet, but it ain't dirty. Uh, Coulter, it is, uh, by the way, Tutel Nuanas, good to be with you. Thanks for being here at Gus Tutel at 1029 ESPN, Skyline Sports MT are your relevant Twitter handles. Uh, it is time for our prep extra segment. It's brought to us by Farmer State Bank. Farmer State Bank, innovative, mobile, and traditional banking solutions, farmersebank.com. This past weekend, uh, a lot of buildup, a lot of excitement for a uh, high school football game in the regular season between two undefeated teams, collectively 10-0, and Sentinel hosting Helena High. And obviously, we've, we've covered what happened there, but uh, Sentinel just housed Helena, 48-0. They were up 21-0 off the jump, a couple of touchdowns off of turnovers early in this uh, game, and then Caden Hewitt got just lit up by Charlie Kiergan, who we'll hear from in just a moment uh, on, a, on a play where... 
Kerrigan was coming off the edge, and it was one of those where the quarterback's trying to run away, gets grabbed and kind of swung back around and blindsided and then uh, got got it right in the ribs. And I think, uh, you know, he we'll, we'll see kind of what his status is because I think uh, a, a tough hit knocked him out of that game. We'll see. We hope, uh, obviously, that he'll be okay and able to uh, come back uh, towards the end of the season as we roll through. But at the end of the day, statement victory by the Sentinel Spartans. I mean, they, we everybody knew that Sentinel was good. They've been the number one team in the state and a lot of the rankings and all that kind of thing. They also haven't had, you know, haven't played of the other best teams in the state of a hell and a high of a Billings West. They did play Glacier, won that game pretty handily, but this was a, a game where they uh, put it down and put it on the Helena Bengals, and you were there front and center. It was a pleasure to be out at Missoula County Public Stadium. It was a first live football game. I've watched it almost a year. It was like mind blowing. I couldn't yeah. even believe how happy I was. <laughs> like I, I didn't even realize like how much I had missed it. I'm just standing there by myself and I'm like, this is so great. And then all of a sudden, like our you know, my our good buddies, Craig Mettler, Kaylin Anderson, they're there. I'm like, oh my God, I haven't seen you guys since like last fall. Yeah. Well, this is crazy. <laughs> and, uh it, it was it was really fun to be out there. But Two things. One, the Sentinel offense has gotten an array of headlines, and justifiably so. I mean, the last four weeks, they've gotten 52, 42, 64, 48. They are absolutely as advertised. They have two college-level quarterbacks, in my opinion. I think the Dayton Bay is a frontier conference guy. And Cameron Sermon, I know that he, both Montana and Montana State are flirting with the maybe option of him playing quarterback. But to me, he's just a Division One athlete. He reminds me of... Uh, He's like a combination of Dalton Sneed and then Luke May, who was a quarterback at Whitefish, is now playing safety for Montana State. I think mm-hmm. that's exact. I don't think he's as good of a pure quarterback at Dalton Sneed yet. I mean, obviously Dalton Sneed's a pro, and this kid's a high school kid, but he's that sort of twitchy kind of athlete. He's he's undersized, he is, but he um, he's he's great in the open field. But I just think that if I'm a big sky coach, if I'm Bobby Halk, I'm saying, hey. You know, his dad played for the Grizz, or maybe it's his uncle. The Sermon family, though, has sure. deep ties to Montana. Sorry. And, uh, you know, his older brother, Cy Sermon, just played this last year uh, for Montana. And, you know, I just think that it's it's a no-brainer. I mean, if he starts to develop as a quarterback, then he's got yourself a good quarterback. And if he doesn't, I think that he would be perfectly happy with playing safety. But I think Dayton Bay could play frontier level, too. I mean, TJ Roush, impressive, more impressive physically than I even expected him to be. He is really 6'3", 205. I mean, he looks like a college receiver already. He's got good size. He's got good uh, – he's really smooth. He's not jerky. And J.S. Kluswich is nasty, man. I mean, he's – I told you this before the show. I don't know if he's his dead, dead set – fast straight line speed is Gabe Solser, but he's, I think as quick, if not quicker. I mean, he, he had a couple where they threw him screens, but he just made guys look absolutely silly. He's so, so, so quick and explosive. That's all to say though, that I, I didn't expect there was going to be anything. I came out of this game thinking that's a really underrated part of this team. Their front seven is nasty, nasty, nasty. Like that, that's the best part of their team at the high school level. I mean, I, I've seen, Plenty of quarterbacks and receivers and, and running backs that are as good as the guys they have. They're all really good, but but like their front seven is nasty. Gino Leonard runs sideline to sideline. He's such a good leader. You can tell he's got those guys playing super hard, but their ends are unblockable, man. Charlie Kurgan was the best guy I saw. Charlie Kurgan is a junior. He's a great baseball player for the Missoula Mavs, but he's a... He's probably not going to get a shot to play DN at the college level unless he grows a little bit because he's only about 5'11", but... 
man, he's got a motor. He's so, so tough. And that was the play of the game. When he knocked Caden Hewitt out, which was too bad, I got to the game a little bit after the opening thing. And this was this happened like early second quarter. So I only got to see Hewitt operate for two drives. And then he got knocked out. I was excited to watch him and kind of analyze him. And I didn't get a shot. But the, the Sentinel defense is nasty. And uh, I think they're not getting enough credit. Right now, they give, they give up 19 to Flathead in the opener, which was some garbage time points. Yeah. And they gave up seven to Butte, garbage time touchdown. And Big Sky was actually the only game that was ever even a semblance of being close when it was 21-7 in the third quarter. That's it. That's the only real touchdown. And then they've had back-to-back shots. So they gave up 33 points this whole year. They're giving up five points a game. Well, That's amazing. Not only what they're not giving up, but what they're getting. I mean, the first two touchdowns of this game right. were direct results of the defensive you know, turnovers yep. that they were able to get. And, you know, I, I must say, I did not expect this result. Not I didn't expect 48 nothing. I think Helena's a good team. And obviously when your quarterback goes down and, and he's, you know, the, the the one that makes it work for you on offense, it's hard to overcome. But it's already 21 nothing. You know, the beginning of the second quarter when that happened. I mean, it's yeah. it's the, the not to say that it, w- it wouldn't have changed the way that game went, but the avalanche was on. Yeah, no question. I mean, been around double-A football for a long time in Montana. And I probably actually studied it even harder when I was playing it than any other time in my life. But you know, I, I did have a little gap there when I was living in Washington. But to me, just off the top of my head, this is the best double-A team I've seen since Great Falls CMR back in 2002. That team was led by Brady Leaf, who went to play quarterback at Oregon, Ryan Leaf's little brother. Uh, but they had skill guys like uh, Jason Goodman, who went to the University of Washington to play tight end. Royce Fulp, who was, uh, I think, Colorado State. He went to play running back Colorado State. Ryan Bagley played for the Grizzlies. Uh, Tyler Graham went to play baseball at Oregon State. I haven't seen a team with this much high-level Division One-type talent in Montana in almost 20 years. It is, it is a historic team. I, I think it is honestly safe to say it's the greatest team Sentinels ever had. Uh, well... They got they got a little work to do to uh, polish it off, but it's hard to argue it right at this moment. You had an opportunity uh, post game to go track down Charlie Kiergan, defensive end for the Spartans, and have a chat with him. Here's that. That's the number three team in the state. You guys just beat them by seven touchdowns. Yeah, so, I, I mean, mean, how'd you do it? I mean, they were kind of they were saying some stuff earlier in the week, and we heard them. We're a pretty quiet team. We just like to let our game talk, and I think that was our mentality going all week. I mean, and you could just tell it was a different kind of vibe in the weight room starting on Monday. I mean, we knew. They said Helena was coming to town, so we were ready for Helena to come to town. But it was just a different different energy this week, and we're hoping just to carry that energy to the rest of the postseason. Yeah, I mean, we uh, we had Coach Evans on the show earlier, my show earlier this week, and seemed pretty confident, but you guys seemed a lot more confident. So, I mean, was the week of preparation, could you tell you guys were sharp? We were, I think this is the most focused I've ever seen this team. It's my second year starting on varsity, and this is the most, this, this week was just a, this is going to be our new standard, I think. I hope that this is kind of how we approach different, each team going forward. I know these first month or so of the season, you guys are just blowing people out. So it's like, haven't got a real test, but then you get a real test. Yep. So how much confidence does it give you guys moving forward? We're just going to try to keep playing our game one week at a time. We're going to try to prepare the same. I mean, we like to say go 1-0 this weekend. Yeah. Games are won Monday through Thursday. So we're just going to, we got Glacier next week, so we're probably going to start watching some film tomorrow on them and just kind of focus on our next challenge coming up. Quarterback with a lot of hype coming in here. You crushed him. <laughs> knocked him out of the game. What that would take me through that hit? I mean, the right tackle had a hinge block and he had done a couple times and that just means he's pulling down and coming back as they're rolling out and I just get in a little hand, hand fight and he came right basically right to me and so just kind of worked out for me in the end. Can you feel the momentum building right now? Oh yeah I mean 
we're we're pretty happy with how things are going, but we just kind of want to we want to keep it rolling. Keep we like to say Sparty on. You know, one of the things that uh, I think is worth noting is you know when you have a team that's got you know the talent that Sentinel has, it's kind of hard to argue. But uh, you know, I think Dane Oliver has done a really nice job, especially in in this moment where. You know, it's one thing to be, you know, five and zero and and beating teams that you know are still working on it, trying to build and, and and are not, you know, at the point that you are, and then to feel pretty good about that, and then and then you end up with a team that's a real test, and you're not really sure how you're going to respond to that thing, but to get your team to sort of buy into that very notion that you actually don't know how good you are. You still have to prove it. You still have to go out there and be that. And I think you get that from from Kierigan and the other players on this team that we've talked to, that this is a team that uh, understands what the, the goal is, and they are pretty focused on that. And they're not letting whatever the record is or whatever the outcomes of games are, you know, start to be something that is, is getting in their way where they're the ones that make mistakes. Because I, I know there's – I know Billings West is a very good team, right? And I think that uh, we'll, we'll talk about them here in a moment. But if you if you take care of yourself and are responsible for what it is that you got, I mean, the, I think that Sentinel is the best team in the state right now. I think it's pretty clear based on what they did to the number three team and also undefeated team in the state this past weekend. And so that puts everything in your control, but you still have to control it. You still have to go out and do the thing. And they clearly were ready to go in this football game and play a flawless football game on Friday. So congratulations to them. A couple, uh, we've talked so much about the guys who are committed to college. And I, I think that that's de- definitely where you always gravitate. At, but Coach Oliver has also talked a lot about some of the other guys on the team. But I just wanted to talk quickly just about a couple of guys that I really thought impressed me that aren't Dylan Rollins and Jace Klusrich and TJ Roush and Camden Sermon and the guys that are getting recruited by or committed to college. I thought Donovan South is a really good player, man. He's a two-way guy. He's a senior. Uh, I thought he was the guy that flashed, honestly, the most besides those guys on the defensive front defensively, and he also is a pretty darn good running back. I mean, if they gave him... The thing is, the numbers are never going to be indicative of what these guys can do. Like, right now, their leading tackler has 29 tackles because the tackle sheet is like 45 <laughs> players long because they're just putting getting guys in there. Of course. Um... But I thought Soren Seerud was a really good player, too. I thought he stood out. Uh, Joe Wida, who I, I, I have to imagine is J.C. Wida, the trainer for the Grizzlies' son. I mean, this, the name is perfect. And I think that I remember J.C. having kids when my brother was playing, little kids that must be high school age now. So, uh, And then the other kid who is absolutely the real deal, Zach Cruz. He's already got offers from Montana. Montana State is a junior. But uh, he's a long, lean, athletic. He's got good bend. Uh, coming off the edge, he's, he's a really, really, really talented guy, too. Actually, if he... <laughs> I don't want to jinx the cats at the Grizz here, but he's a guy that he put on some weight, went to some camps, he could get FBS offers because yeah. he's got that kind of frame. Uh, but Sentinel is is there? They're really talented all the way around, and those guys over at Missoula Sentinel, Dan Oliver and his staff, they've done a hell of a job, man. Because it, the thing about Sentinel is. It's very rare. It's it's very rarely been a, a talent problem that Sentinels had over the years. For sure. It's mostly been a culture problem. They they just never had the cohesiveness or the toughness to compete in Class AA Montana football because forever that's what it's been about. And these guys, they're not just athletic; they're tough, and that's that's instilled by the coaches, man. And I think that those guys, 
doing that at the high school, not just on the football field, but just in the classroom, in the hallways, all that stuff. I think they deserve a ton of credit for doing it because it's been impressive to watch the building of that program. The other undefeated team in the state, Double A, is at Billings West. They uh, beat up on Belgrade 49-7, to uh, something you probably expect when you take a look at the matchup. And obviously, Belgrade just now in their second year at the Double A level. Uh, but uh, nonetheless, an undefeated team, a ton of great talent on Billings West, and we may be looking at a collision course between uh, Sentinel and Billings West is, uh, uh, you know, a potential state championship matchup. So long ways to go between here and there. I know that Bozeman has a lot of talent, and if they can get all the way healthy, they, they're a team to contend with as well. Hewitt comes back, and maybe Helena, you know, is a wake-up call for them because they're still a very good football team too. So, you know, nothing's over till it's done deal, but those are the two teams that have obviously separated themselves from the pack now. No question. He's, you heard Charlie Kurgan say that uh, Helena was talking a little smack. <laughs> this is indicative of culture, though, because Kane Hewitt told the Helena Independent Record, hey, you know, we're very confident going to Missoula. They don't really know what, to, what Helena High is bringing. It wasn't that inflammatory of a quote to me, but that's what culture is. When you can put yeah. that in front of your kids, especially a guy like Charlie Kurgan, say, get them, yeah. and he knocks them out of the game, that, that's, that's a huge step. Uh, for Sentinel, but uh, you're right. This this last weekend of the double A is going to be interesting because can Helena bounce back? Because I still think they are right up there. Senior looked so good in the opener against Bozeman and then got drilled by West. Where are we at with Senior? Glacier looked really good and then got drilled by Helena, but then they bounced back with a 34-14 win over Flathead. As the weather continues to turn, when you got the 6'1", 235-pound running back like Glacier Scott and Jake Brandina, <laughs> it's a pretty good thing. And Grady no Bennett has always been such a quarterback guy, you know, former Grizz quarterback up there at Glacier, but he's done such a great job of giving it to his bell cow when he's got one. And, and now he's got one in Rendina. And so I, I agree with you. You know, West versus Bozeman in the season finale for the regular season on the east side, it's a, it's a good playoff primer. Glacier versus uh, Sentinel. It's also a good playoff, right? Like the, yeah. the Spartans are good, and they're definitely—I mean, they're great—but they're definitely the favorite in that game. They cannot be looking ahead, though. I, I mean, I—we've I, seen this a lot in double A football. It happened to me my senior year at Big Sky, but I—when uh, you have an inside track and a top seed, but you already know you have one of the top four seeds, so you're going to for sure have a home game. I'm not actually sure how the playoffs work, so we'll break that down for you next week. But you can't afford to drop that last one, yeah. just because it's a little bit of non consequence. Because then you go into the playoffs limping, and then you have to have a bounce back win when it's one and done. So uh, it'll be interesting to see how uh, this all plays out. The other two Double uh, A teams in, in Western Montana uh, lost over the weekend. Butte. 51-33 victory over Big Sky. And then Helena Capital, they were up 14-0 early over Missoula Hellgate. Hellgate scored 12 straight points, got back into that game, but ultimately Capital pulled away, won 53-26. The Class A level, Billings Central, housing Miles City. How about this? 42-0, surprise there. 16-game winning streak for the Cowboys, over. I mean, and not just over. I mean, obliterated, 42-0. Central had their first, like, relatively down year in, like, my memory of Billings yeah. Central last year and they've been saying it they've been telling the Billings Gazette this every week we're on a redemption tour this is we're trying to smack people and they have they smack Laurel they smack Miles City so Billings Central team to be reckoned with uh, Hamilton uh, still the top team in the West certainly 35-14 went over Libby to stay perfect Frenchtown a win that they absolutely had to have to stay in again the reduced uh, playoff picture only four teams from each side 28-21 went over Columbia Falls so Frenchtown again their only two losses on the year to Hamilton who's beaten everybody they've played, and to Dillon, who, which was an overtime uh, game early in the season. Polson, by the way, beating Butte Central 56-27. And then Class B, Florence, 
still doing whatever they want. 42 nothing over Corvallis. I mean, it's worth noting that Corvallis is a Class A school, too. Right. And that was a reschedule because Loyola had to cancel. Well, first, Florence hadn't played in a couple of weeks because they had their game that was supposed to be a Bobcat Stadium against Red Lodge canceled. Then the Loyola game had to get canceled. So, uh, but drilling drill your cross, Valley, not really even rivaled, but... Uh, Other school. Other it's a, it's a big... Town. Uh, yeah. it's, Florence, is, Florence is impressive. Uh, let's jump into some soccer here, uh, Coulter, for just a, a, a minute or two, because the state tournament is going on. The quarterfinals took place this weekend. Helena High beat Bozeman Gallatin 2-1. This is girls, by the way, girls scores. Missoula Hellgate was a 2-1 winner over Billings West. Bozeman beat Missoula Sentinel 1-0. Sentinel had that great overtime yep. win last, uh, you know, not really last week. They're doing like two games a week, but uh, they they are now out. And then Kalispell Glacier beat Billings Skyview. So in the semifinals, uh, it's uh, Helena High, Hellgate, Bozeman, and Glacier on the girls' side in the, in the semis. That Bozeman-Sentinel match, man, brutal. Sideways oh. snow. Uh, Bozeman got a late, late goal. Uh, good season by by Missoula Sentinel, though. But uh, yeah, Missoula Hellgate in the semifinal, so that'll be interesting. And uh, yeah, I think that Bozeman's still probably the, the favorite in Class AA girls, but anything can happen in soccer, as we know. Uh, for the boys' side, Missoula Hellgate uh, still dominant, seven one. They beat Kalispell Glacier, just pouring it on. Uh, uh, Glacier had beat Billings West. Uh, excuse me, I guess it's Flathead that that uh, right. that won. Uh, so Billing, they beat Billings West three to two. Missoula Sentinel who's the only team that's tied Hellgate this season. Yep. Uh, so Hellgate's 12-0 and with one tie, and that was the Sentinel, and Sentinel moves on to the semifinal with a 3-2 win over Billing Senior. Second extra time. Okay. Senior was undefeated. Look at that. Sula it's a Sentinel. big win by Sentinel. Well, and Sentinel, I think, is like te- like a two-loss team in their own right. I mean, yeah. they're a very good team. And then Bozeman, a 5-2 win over Helena High on the boys' side. Class A, the semifinals, Columbia Falls at Laurel and Whitefish at Billing Central. For the girls and for the boys, it's Columbia Falls at Billing Central and Whitefish at Corvallis. So uh, that is sort of how it's lined up here of the uh, state tournament. And obviously, now that we're into the semifinal, we'll, we'll, uh, we'll get some more, not just scores, but goal scores and uh, and stories to come for you for the, uh, for the remainder of the soccer tournament. So we're we're in the final four. It's actually fascinating analysis. It's so hard to have. It's so hard to build parity in a sport like soccer in such a cold weather state like Montana. Hmm. Like I, if you, I could have not even looked it up and told you that. Like I could have guessed six out of the eight Class A teams in the semifinals. <laughs> like Billy Central is in the semifinals for Class A for boys and girls every single year. I swear. Well, uh, but it, it's just it's part of it is just where soccer is available to. And Columbia Falls, Billy Central, and Whitefish are in the semifinals in boys and girls. Exactly. The only teams, there's only one team that has different girls and boys. That's Corvallis for the boys and Laurel for the girls. So if you got a good soccer culture, you got a good soccer culture. Well, so, so much it of it is just the opportunity too, right? Like what's your facilities like? I yeah. mean, there's, it's no mistake that like Columbia Falls kids, they grow up playing with Whitefish kids and Kalispell kids. It's easier yeah. to play. Laurel goes up playing with Billings. You know what I mean? Like it's just easier to have competition. There's not a lot of competition close by when you're in Sydney. This is our prep extra segment. It's brought to us by the Farmer State Bank. Farmer State Bank, your Montana bank since 1907. Treasure State Stars, who were the five standouts of the weekend? Coulter will tell you next. Coulter, obviously, if people are traveling, you got to have them stay somewhere else, not with you. That's true even when COVID isn't going on, and especially now. So you send them out to the Wingate. We know that. That's obvious. What you might not know is about all the meeting space they have out there, convention space, and even personal office space, because God knows I can't stand being with you any much longer. I'm going out there. I'm going to lock up my own personal office at the Wingate. You can do the same thing. If you need a business space, whether it's for yourself personally or 
or you're just tired of doing Zoom meetings, you just want to see other humans, but you want to be socially distanced, Wingate has great business meeting rooms. You can space out. They have all the hookups and technology you're going to need for any sort of meeting or presentation. Or if you're like Ryan and you just want to have a place where you can work in peace and quiet, Wingate Inn also a great option for those that live and work around Western Montana and the city of Missoula. If you have anybody coming through town or you want to get your kids out of the house, Wingate also has awesome rooms, great business rates. The pool is back open. They've done a great job of making sure that's going to be safe for you and your family. The Wingate Inn, located in Missoula, it's an excellent option for business travelers, local business people, or anybody coming through the city of Missoula. Let the Wingate Inn make you feel at home even when you're not. Who were the best this weekend the high school ranks? Every Monday, right about now, our Treasure State Stars. It's 2 Tell New Orleans, 1029 ESPN Radio, SWX Montana Television. Good to be with you on a Monday afternoon. Coulter, as we wrap up hour number one, we highlighted a bunch of teams, a couple players, but you bring us five Treasure State Stars each and every Monday and go through and uh, highlight the performances, the best performances of the weekend that was in high school football. So go ahead, Colter, Treasure State star number one. The uh, the first Treasure State star. Sorry, I was trying to remember his first name. Uh, we, we, he, I mean, he's on he's on the th- the list pretty much every week. I feel like Jarrett Wilson from Polson. I always get hung up because I knew his dad. His dad used to coach a Big Sky years ago. Scott Wilson, he was a long time head coach at at Polson, and isn't actually the head coach right now. But his his boy, who's only a sophomore, is lighting it up. It's actually an unprecedented season so far in Class A football, particularly for a sophomore. Polson had a fifty six twenty seven win over Butte Central, and Jarrett Wilson makes his third appearance, the most so far this season on the Treasure State stars. He was 34 for 46 for 519 yards and six touchdowns. He also scored a touchdown on the ground. 552 yards of total offense. That uh, passing total, the third most in the history of Class A, the most since 1995. He had like 444 yards his first game that he ever started. Exactly. He's got five 400-yard games so far this year. The only Class A quarterback to ever throw for more than that is Chris Klein of Billing Central, who threw for 624 yards and 523 yards back in 1995. But Wilson, his fifth 400-yard passing game, is a Class A record. It's only been four players ever that has even as many as two games like that. So Wilson now owns four of the top seven passing yard totals in the history of Class A football in eight games this season so far. Wilson is 239 for 382 for 2,953 yards. That's in eight games, 2,953 yards, 30 touchdowns and nine picks. The 239 yards, the most completions in the history of Class A. There's only been two guys ever uh, that have thrown for more yards. There's only been two 3,000-yard passing seasons in the history of Class A. One of those was Carson Rostad as a sophomore 2017 at Hamilton, but that was with three playoff games as well. This kid's going to, I mean, if if and when Polson makes the playoffs, this kid's going to throw, they're going to throw with 4,000 yards if he keeps stacking uh, these 400-yard passing games. Our number two, Treasure State Star, we're going to split it because it's a, 
two more Polson Pirates, but we got to get it in because these guys are the first duo in the history of Class A football to have more than 200 yards receiving in the same game. Xavier Fisher had 11 catches for 236 yards and a touchdown. Colton Graham, 14 catches for 217 yards and three touchdowns. So that, that's an unbelievable. Only only one other time in Class A history has there been two guys with more than 10 catches in a game. It was these two earlier right. this year. So these guys are just rewriting the Class A record books. Polson Pirates. And that that was in a loss to the Frenchtown right. Bronx that they did that before. So right. they're just chucking it all over. And why not when you're being as successful as these teams are? Yeah, no question. It's, it's, it's an original say. offensive system for Treasure sure. Treasure State star number three, Coulter. All right, Derek Domjanovich of Billings Central. He scored two touchdowns on the ground. He also had a pick six that returned 17 yards for a touchdown. That helped lift Billings Central to a 42 nothing win over Miles City in Lockwood. Jam Donovich, he scored the opening touchdown of the game on a 21-yard jump, and he also scored both the touchdowns in the second quarter to help uh, the Rams to a 28-0 lead at halftime. Treasure State star number four, Pat Duchesne Jr., the Florence quarterback. This is his second appearance on this list so far this year. He tossed five touchdowns and ran for a sixth as Falcon, as his Falcons throttled Class A Corvallis 42-0. It was the rare interclass matchup down in the Bitterroot. Uh, but Duchesne, he opened up the score with an 18-yard touchdown run, threw his first touch of two touchdowns to Luke Mackey, a 65-yarder, and by the end of the first quarter, it was 28 nothing. Uh, Cadence Waller, Levi Posey, Blake Shoup also caught touchdown strikes. First, two, first time these two teams have played in 24 years. So Pat Duchesne continues to rack it up. And number five, Yep. Also from the Bitterroot Valley, Ben Tack from Hamilton. Hamilton's doing a different style, man. They're doing it. They've been this this high-powered offense with this all-star Gatorade Player of the Year quarterback in Carson Rostad. Tyson Rostad's a damn good quarterback, but they've been doing it a lot more on the ground this year. Ben Tack had 19 carries for 147 yards and three touchdowns. Hamilton blasts Libby 45-14. yards per rush and change. I mean, almost eight yards a touch 19 times. And three scores. I mean, at some point you have to stop, right? The end zone says, "Well, this is where, <laughs> this is where the game ends here." You that, did that's, it. A, that's right. So Hamilton continues to run the ball with authority. They are eight and zero, oh, and uh, can't be understated how good of a job Rice Carver's done. We'll see if they can carry this into the playoffs because they have had, uh, you know, they've gotten to the final four four years in a row, but they ha- they still chasing that state title. Well, right now they they got the inside track. They're eight and zero. Oh, they're number one in the state. So we'll see what the Bronx can do to finish the season. Great work, Coulter. That is our Treasure State Stars every Monday coming out of the weekend. Coulter highlighting the five best performances, or five of the best performances, anyways, around the state high school football level. level. Hour one in the books, hour two, straight ahead. The NFL, Green Bay, Denver, New England, and an update of what was Thursday night football, Monday night football in its third quarter right now. All of it next. It's finally starting to feel like winter around here, and if you need some nice winter gear... How about the fine folks at Sitka? They make awesome winter clothes, and they sell custom Bobcat Sitka gear at the MSU Bookstore. You can shop online anytime at msubookstore.org, or, of course, you can check out the MSU Bookstore live and in person there on the Montana State campus. They also have some graduation regalia back in order there at the MSU Bookstore. They have an awesome American Indian Council selection as well. Visit on campus anytime you need blue and gold, or visit online anytime, anywhere, msubookstore.org. MSU Bookstore, your best place for blue and gold on game day or any other day located there on the Montana State campus. 